Morning. Glad to have you. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. So, uh, what I do? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I was just I, I don't, I don't know. wondering what this was here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I was, <laughs> don't mess with my wife. I'm telling you, she's she, she's got something all the time. Her dad gave her a keychain that just so happens to be a defensive weapon hanging out of her pocket that she forgot. <laughs> just saying. Somebody asked me this week if she could shoot better than me, and uh, and the answer is yes, she can. So, <laughs> yep, she sure can. But uh, anyway. That was awesome. <laughs> huh? Yeah, yeah. So welcome. Welcome to Boomerang. You've learned a little bit more about my wife today, so that's awesome. And uh, glad you could be a part of that. And uh, we're just, we're happy to have you. It's going to be a great day. And um, I each week, one of the things that we do, of course, is we pray for a different church. And uh, because we are not the only body in the body of Christ. We're not the only church. There's a lot of them. And they are a part of us, whether we see them on a weekly basis or not. They're a part of us. And so we pray for another church. Uh, that's normally what we do. This morning as I was praying, and I really wasn't getting another church to pray for, and as I was finishing up, the Lord said, today you pray for Boomerang. And I went, oh, well we're part of the body too. So every now and then it's probably a good thing. So let's just lift each other up. Let's agree together in prayer for one another. Let, let's agree for the blessing of God to be poured out and agree that the attacks of the devil would be stopped in people's lives, uh, that, they would, that they would find solutions in Christ so that those testimonies would multiply in people's lives, so that their businesses would rise up, so that, so that kids would learn at an early age to to grow in the things of God so they don't have to go through the stuff that you and I had to go through. They learn who they are in Christ, what they are supposed to do and how to do it. So Lord, we just agree together this morning. Let your blessing be poured out from heaven on Boomerang. Let it be poured out on this area. Lord, we just come against. Your word says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Lord, right now we submit our hearts in love towards one another. And we submit towards your mercy and your grace and your will and your way. And Lord, we resist the devil for one another. We stand united as a body that will stand for each other. We'll stand in good times. We'll stand when the devil's trying to come. We'll stand and we will praise together and worship you with one heart and one accord. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we just pray for wisdom in leadership and protection on all the body. Let us grow to what we're supposed to be in you and nothing less. Lord, let us finish this race, finish the course, and hear these words out of your mouth. Well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, we receive it. We thank you for it. We believe in you. We trust in you. We put our faith in you. And we have you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. 
Well, let's uh, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. thought we'd start at the beginning today and we'll finish in Revelation and, uh, and I'll know. What are y'all laughing at? I, I, I don't get it. So, hope every, nobody left anything on the stove or no. Um, there is a lot of scripture today. I don't think that we'll read it all, but I put references in there for you. And I want to look at a couple of things, and let's just start reading. Today we're talking about a finished rest, and it says in Genesis 1, verse 1, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, the darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And you're going to notice this a lot as we go through this little portion. And I want us to go ahead and read it, because I want us to kind of feel this. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, then he separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness night. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters from, of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And verse 9, then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together in one place so dry ground may appear. And this is what happened. Verse 11, Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and, and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. Verse 14, Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark seasons and days and years. Are you noticing a, a particular way that God works? All right. And Jesus, you notice he never did anything but what he saw the Father do. He copied the heart and the nature of the Father. And we are to copy the nature of Jesus who copied the nature of his Father. So if God is moving in this way and he is by faith speaking... How are we supposed to act in this world? We're supposed to speak. We're supposed to say. We are supposed to proclaim and decree. This is our work, to be in faith and proclaim the will of God be done in this earth. Verse 20, Then God said, Let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. Verse 24, Then God said, Let the earth produce every sort of animal each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And this is what happened. Here's another thing. If we see that God said it, where should our faith be on whether or not it's going to happen? It's going to happen. When he says it, it's going to happen. So when we see him make a promise to us in our lives, where should our faith be on that promise? It's going to happen. Say it with me. Say, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. That's, that's, what we're, that's where we're supposed to be. Verse 26, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Nothing else did he make like himself. But humans he made in that image. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Verse 31 then God looked over all that he had made. Now listen, how did he make it? How did he create it? Speaking and faith. 
He, pro, he pronounced and decreed the will of his heart, and then he had faith in it. This is, and we are made in whose image? God's image. So how would we go about doing the same things? God wants you to operate the way that he did, the way that he does. How would we do that? We would proclaim the will of God, and we would have faith. Man, that's the sweetest sound I've heard. You, I hope he just gets loud. <laughs> that's awesome. That little, that little baby chuckling. I love it. And then Genesis chapter 2. So the creations, it, it says, okay, excuse me, verse uh, 31 in chapter 1. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. But he looked over everything, and he said, man, this is good. He was done. Verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. So the creation of the heavens and the earth, and everything in them was completed. It was finished. It was complete. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. So in other words, when did the rest come? And let me ask this question. Was rest godly? Yes, absolutely. The rest came when what was done? When the work was done. When it was completed. And then rest came. He had the fullness of rest, and rest was godly. You know, a lot of times the world will teach us that you can't rest, you got to get stuff done, you got to be after it, you got to be at And yes, we need, to, we need to work and we need to be diligent, but our work is different, and it happens in a different way than what the world teaches us. A rest from God is godly. And rest is okay when it's done in God's ways. And we need to understand what rest is and when do we take it. And here's the first clue. We do it when the work is done. You may think that means something else. Hold on. God rested because his work was finished. All right, now, let's fast forward. I wish I had a little sound effect right there. Jesus then came on behalf of mankind. Thank you for all the sound effects. That was, you want to do it again? Nice, see? <laughs> That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Jesus then came on behalf of mankind and he completed all the work that we needed to do. I want you to catch that. Jesus didn't come just as God. He came as a man. And everything that man needed to do, every piece of it that needed to be secure, that needed to be complete, Jesus did it. He came up, there was a mark of righteousness and holiness that you, or, you and I could never meet, and yet Jesus came up to that work, and then on that cross here in uh, John 19.30, Jesus, when he had tasted it, he said... It is finished. He said, it's finished. It's done. 
on behalf of all mankind, the work is complete. It's done. And who said it? Jesus did. You could say, and God said, it is finished. See, there's a thing inside of us that says, I'm not good enough for God. I got to do more stuff. I, I got to be about this. I got to be so holy. And, and it's right. We do need to be holy, but not because the work isn't complete. Not because God doesn't see you as holy. You need to be holy because you love God. I'm giving you holiness. I'm seeking after holiness and righteousness because I love you. Because in 2 Corinthians, he said, I'm not holding the world's sins against them. They were completed in Christ. They were finished. There's a place of rest in Christ that we need to understand the work is finished and now we are in a Sabbath rest we are in a rest of God we're in a period and a time where the work is done any toil any sweating any anxiety any fear any care that you take upon yourself is directly contrary to the finished work of Christ and God said it's finished it's finished what are you worrying about it's finished what are you caring about? It's finished. What are you concerned about? It's finished. A lot of times we find ourselves out there trying to fill the gap on something because we don't believe that it's finished. And because we don't believe that it's finished, we don't feel like we can rest in God and trust Him. And we need to get to the point where we can say, Lord, I trust you in everything. I trust you in it all. I don't know the answer. I don't know how this solution is going to come. But you said, and I believe you, my job is to hear, know your heart, and to put faith towards what you said. And to proclaim what you said. And you said, it's finished. It's finished. All i got to do is believe. Hear from you and obey. Hear what the will of God is and go about that. But as far as me carrying the weight, as far as me carrying the pressure of the world, I don't live in that anymore because on behalf of all mankind, Jesus said, it's finished. Enter into my rest. Enter into my rest. We live, we now live in a Sabbath rest because the work has been finished. The body of Christ has a full rest available if they will take it through Jesus. Amen? Have you ever carried a lot of weight and the pressure and all the stuff going on around you and it just it seems like it would never stop and you can't see any way out and you don't know the solution and the world and and then like when it's in finances and the finance people keep calling and you're tired of hearing the phone ring because there's not going to be a friend on the other line there's going to be somebody who keeps calling you reminding you that something is due but in God it's already finished well why am I not seeing it because you haven't esteemed what he said and what he's done. But when we start to esteem what he's done and what he has said, and by faith we enter into that rest, and then all the blessings of God can flow 
in your life. So the, the problem is not that his part's not done. His part's completely done. The problem is we haven't known that it's done. And if we have known that it's done, we haven't known that there was a rest that was available for us today. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, it says this, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear or with reverence that some of you might fail to experience it. There's a rest of God and we ought to be we ought to tremble with reverence and 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 know that oh man, we could miss his rest. We don't want to miss his rest. Verse 2. For this is good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. We're going to find out who them was. But this rest has been announced to you. There's a rest in God that you can walk in if you'll receive it. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. So here's the key. There's a rest because Jesus has finished the work But them, whoever them are that they're talking about, we're going to find out about, them didn't receive it because they didn't apply faith to what God had done. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be one of them. I don't know about you, but I've had times in my life where I'm sitting there going, Lord, I don't know what to do. I've had times in my life when I wasn't even talking to the Lord about it. Because I wasn't walking in the rest that was provided for me. And then, I, you know, have you ever had times in your life where you're just sitting there and, and this thing don't look good? I don't know. I, you know. Have you ever been sitting there when, when you know, everything, your bills are being paid and you're in health, but there's just the pressure of the world and it won't quit? You know, and you get to that place where it's like, golly, as soon as I get ahead, I get kicked and knocked back. You know, one step forward, two steps back. But this is not the plan of God. It's not the plan of God for you to be under this pressure. It's not the plan of God for you to feel that strain. It's not the plan of God for you to feel the anxiety. That's not the plan of God. The plan of God is for you to be in rest. But why didn't them go into the rest because they didn't mix faith with the heart of God and what God had done so in order for us to be in the rest and not under the pressure we've got to put faith and trust on what God has done and let me tell you what God has done he's finished the work And He's led us right up to a day in your life. And that day is today where rest can be yours. All you got to do is step into it. You see, you saw it. I love this example because it paints such a picture of this. In the boat, in the storm, Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat. And the disciples are up on on the deck going, Ah, we're going to die, right? We're going to die, we're going to die. Somebody go wake up Jesus. Have you ever felt like that? I feel like I'm going to die. Jesus, help me. You know, and that's the way. I, I, I've said exactly that tone before. And so I know that you might not have done that because you're holy, but it's like, Jesus, I need you. You know, we get to that place, right? I need you. 
And you're doing the same thing that the disciples have done when Jesus already knew that there was a rest in the Word of God because God had said, go to the other side. And so Jesus said what the Father said, let us go to the other side. In His Word was the provision. In His Word was the rest. Jesus was asleep in the bottom of the boat. He gets up, they wake Him up. He gets up on top of the boat. And then all He does is because He knows the Word and He knows the work was done, done by the father saying the word he knows everything is fine he says storm shut up peace be still and what the storm do because of somebody that had faith in the word of god the storm went zoop, and it had to be quiet now the disciples they did that They'd have been bowled over by the waves of life, by the storms of life. And then, as if that's not enough, Jesus looks to the disciples and says, where's your faith? And so, we have to be not them without faith. We have to see that the work, everything that we need, was done in Christ. And you are now in a place of rest where the rest of God can bring you to a perfect peace. You don't have to figure out how you're going to have all the stuff in your life. God's already got it figured out. You don't have to figure out what business deal to do here or there. God's already got that figured out. You don't have to figure out how you're going to feed the kids. God's already got that. You don't have to figure out how you're going to get into a house and before it gets cold again. God's already got that figured out. You don't have to figure out how you're going to pay your bills this week. God's already got that figured out. He's already got a rest. He already paid for it in Christ. And God said, it's finished. It's finished. You don't have to have the care and the worry and the anxiety. You don't have to have it. Because God's already said, it's finished. God's already said, it's done. How did them miss their rest? In Numbers chapter 13. Make sure that cool is on 72 please. In Numbers chapter 13. Verse 1 and 2. Here are the Israelites. They've escaped Egypt. They're getting ready to head into the promised land. It was basically 14 days from Egypt to the promised land. Right around that time. Some people say even 11 days. It was straight in there. It was not far. And yet they were in the wilderness for 40 years. There was a rest that God had prepared for them. And because they didn't have faith in what God had said, they never entered the rest. So they sent in the spies. They sent in the 12 spies. And they all came back and they said, Man, this is a land of milk and honey, but the people in there are giants. The people, oh my gosh, they, you know, we look like grasshoppers to them. We saw them cut down one grape, uh, grape stalk and it took two men to carry it. It's, it's a great land, but we can't take it when God had told them they could. They didn't esteem what God had said. They didn't esteem the fact that it was finished before they ever got there. They didn't esteem it. But Joshua and Caleb did. Joshua and Caleb said, He's given it to us. All we got to do is go in there. He's given it to us. 
How did they miss their rest? Let's just read through this. The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the twelve ancestral tribes. When they came to the valley of Eskel, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them carrying on the pole between them. They also brought back samples of pomegranates and figs. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. Verse 27, this was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces, but the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. I don't know who Anak is, but he must have been big. Verse 30, when, when Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses, Let's go at once to take the land, he said. This is Caleb talking. Let's go and take the land. I trust what the Lord has said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we. So they spread this bad report about, about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak. There he is again. That's a big dude. Next to them we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. You know, what are they doing? They're saying stuff that's not even true. Inside their heads, they're going, we'll go in there. And, and they, they make this statement, that if we any, anybody who goes in there, the land will devour them. Have you ever been in a situation in your life and all of a sudden you think you hear the Word of God on it, but then the devil comes and he starts telling you, don't go in there, you'll get ate up in there. Don't go do that. Don't you dare witness that person. They will shut you down. And you don't want to be rude. You don't want to appear like a fanatic. And all of a sudden, what are you doing? You're listening to the voice of fear and God's not in it. They're making up stuff in your mind. And where's all the pressure coming from? All the pressure, all the, all the pain, all the weight of it. It's all coming from fear-based stuff. And your mind is creating it. And we've got to learn how to listen to the voice of God. Because even in this time, maybe they didn't have Jesus, but they did have the voice of God. But now we, we in this time, we have Jesus who said, it's finished. And he didn't say it like, uh, I think it's finished. No, he said, it's finished. Yeah. It's done. It's finished. And we ought to look at those words of Jesus and go, by God, it is finished. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. All that God has is mine. According to your word, it is finished. We ought to see that. And we ought to stand on it. And we ought to know. And we ought to apply faith with that. Verse 1 of chapter 14. Listen to this. See if this ever reminds you of yourself. Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Now see, 
They're all weeping and crying over something that does not exist. This is where most of the problems and the pain and the trouble in our life comes. You've got the devil going about as a roaring lion, not a lion, but as one, seeking whom he may devour and who he's able to devour is anybody that will listen to his stupid deceit. They're big over there. You can't do anything. The land will devour you. And we sit on that and we meditate on that instead of meditating on it is finished. Instead of meditating on, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, I, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, that's a period at the end of that sentence. There's not like I shall not want if I do everything right on the third day, on the fifth month. No, it's not. It's the Lord is my shepherd. If I'll allow him to be my shepherd, I shall not want. Period. End of story. It's finished. All of this that they're doing is based off of this weeping, this lamenting, this wailing, this pressure that's on them. They're staying up all night and crying over something that doesn't exist. The devil's trying to get you to see all the problems in your life that don't exist so that when you start believing in them, you create them yourself. Their voices rose in a great chorus. And see, maybe you're not the kind of person that would weep out loud, but maybe on the inside you're going, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. What are we going to do? Oh, well, if I don't think about it, nobody else will. It won't get done. If I don't handle this problem, nobody else is going to handle this problem. And instead of relying on God, you start relying on yourself and taking all the care and all the worry and then you find yourself right in the middle of the manifestation of that care and worry. Then they said this, uh, their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. Let me, let me show you this. If you give in to that kind of thinking and you give in to the cares and the worries of the world, it's only a moment in time before your heart starts crying out against God. Why would you let this happen to me? And God never did any of it. And He never wanted... All He allowed was you to make a choice. And your choice was wrong. The choice was not to believe in it's finished. Then they said this, if only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness. Why is the, listen to this, why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? The Lord wasn't taking them to that country to die in battle. The Lord was taking them to that country to conquer it. Two weeks after they left Egypt. See where their imagination and fear-based thinking has gotten them? See where anxiety and worry and the ways of the world, we've got to handle it and do it ourselves. See, I don't care what they look like over there. What they were basically doing is saying, we don't have the power and the strength to do it. And they were forgetting that they were bringing big, big God with them. Because God's bigger than that Anak guy. I mean, he just is. I don't care how many Anaks you got. God's bigger than it. I don't care. God's bigger. 
You're bringing an unlimited, all-powerful God into your life simply by saying, Father, I believe in you. I believe in you. And I know I can't see how this is going to work out, but I believe in you. And I just cast all that care. And, and, and here, you know, it's like the nesty challenge, falling back into the pool where you do the friend thing where they catch you. You just fall into the hands of God and let him carry you right through it. Because although you are not anointed to care for yourself, God is anointed to care and carry you. And if we will trust in Him, He will uphold us right through the middle of everything. You don't have to figure out how you're going to be successful. God's already got it figured out. You don't have to figure out how you're going to get out of this hole. God's already built the ladder and got the shovel going. If you'll just put faith in Him, it'll start to happen right as grace goes to work in your life. And you stop blocking it with your lack of faith. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Man, their imagination's going, isn't it? Y'all have never done that before, I'm sure. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Let's go back to slavery. That's what they just said. You know what they're saying? Let us go back to at least what we knew what was coming and we were a little bit comfortable in that. How many times have we given in to comfort based on fear. Let us just go to what we know. It might not be great, but see, God's trying to take you to great. He's trying to take you not just great for yourself, but great for the people around you. You have a responsibility to accept the greatness of God, not just for yourself, but somebody around you needs to see the greatness poured out in your life. We as Christians can look back now on Joshua and Caleb and say, I can take strength because those guys believed in God's greatness. What if they wouldn't have done it? We wouldn't have that testimony to stand on. Somebody is watching the testimony of your life and saying, will they believe God? Will they trust God? Will they enter the rest of a completed work that Christ has done? Or are they going to continue in worry and care and anxiety and concern and just the devil eat them up? All the time, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven. Completely shirking their responsibility to trust God. We can either have a great light, be the light, or a small light. We can, we can either have a great testimony or a very puny testimony. And it depends on how you trust God and what you know about Him. Verse 4, they, Then they plotted amongst themselves, Let us choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. They had one of the greatest leaders in all of mankind, Moses. One of the greatest people still talk about all these years later. And they were like, give us a new one. They want to blame it on somebody else. They want to blame their lack of faith on somebody else. Start blaming it on the leader. No, look at yourself first. I got to look at me. <laughs> I got to look at me. You got to look at you. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. This is why they're a great leader, because they're humble. Let's choose a new, uh, here he goes, two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb, 
tore their clothing. They were saying, what they were saying was, I can't believe that Israel has fallen for faithlessness and fear. This is a, what they're saying is, this is a slap in the face to God for these people to not believe in Him, to not trust Him. This, and this was his, their sign of just, God, this is ridiculous. In other words, what we should see is when we're not moving in faith and we're not in the rest of God, this is the pattern of what we should be feeling like inside. It's ridiculous that I'm not trusting God. Pick myself up. Let me believe you, Lord. It's finished. They said to all the people, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, He will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Listen to this. Do not rebel against the Lord. In other words, their lack of faith and their, their trust in the fear and trust in the consequences and trust in what they could see with their eyes was rebellion to the Lord. Their trust in the world and how they got to get it all done instead of having faith in it is finished is rebellion to the Lord. I don't want to be rebellious because my God is good. And He finished the work for me that I could not finish. And He provided a rest for me that I could not provide for myself. And if I want to please Him and be blessed in the process and bless other people in the process too, I need to see that the work is done, the rest is provided, and I need to trust God and fall right back into His arms. Let him carry me right through life. It doesn't mean that I don't have stuff to do. I simply have this trust. Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. It can be crazy. I'm just going to be obedient to you and watch as you conquer the land of my life right in front of me. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. They're relentless, aren't they? All over something that doesn't exist. They're about to kill them and remove the best leader over something that doesn't exist. Something they made up in their mind. We can't do it. They'll devour us. How many things in your life have been devouring you and you've been making all the wrong decisions because you did not know that it was finished and God had provided the rest? How many things have been devouring your life because you just didn't fall back into the hands of God? Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord said to the Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me, even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them? He goes on down to verse 24. It says, But my servant Caleb, he says, The Israelites are never going to see it based off of what they said. In other words, what happened in their life, God allowed it. What happened in, to the Israelites in this, 
was based off of exactly what came out of their mouths. In other words, they pronounced their own sentence. How about this? Man, I'm never going to get these bills paid. Man, I don't know. I can't, we can't come out of this. It's too much. God, I don't know that God can even handle this. Watch yourself. Watch your heart. Guard your heart. Keep that faithfulness alive. But look what happened to the men that said, we can do this. The Lord is with us. Verse 24, But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others has. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. The blessing of God simply because of faith. So back there it said that in Hebrews it said they messed up. They didn't add faith to the rest that God had provided. Now we saw that once the Israelites perished in the desert 40 years later, we saw Joshua walk into there, cross the Jordan, walk into there, one of the most heavily fortified cities that there was, walls so tall they couldn't scale them, and they walked right in. And let me ask you this question. Did they, sw- did they even swing a sword? They simply heard something really weird from God that said, walk around the city for seven days praising God, and on the last day, sing and shout with a shout of victory. And the walls of their problem crumbled to the ground because God's faithful. They didn't even have to do anything, really. How many times did the battle belong to the Lord when He turned the armies against... Have you ever seen when you just picked up trust and faith in God and and that your enemies started battling against each other and you sit back and like, dude, check this out. This is awesome. That happens all the time for those that will simply say, it's finished. It's finished. Get that on your lips. It is finished and I am in my rest. So Hebrews 4 verse 6. There's how do we enter that rest today? So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God said another time for entering His rest. And that time is today. God announced this through David much later. In the words already quoted, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God for all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So, let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God, 
as the people of Israel did, we will fall. Have you been falling in your life not knowing that it's finished, not knowing that a rest was available to you? you out of your hearts, you were imagining all these hard and, and things that you couldn't even imagine how you would get out of, and you've spoken, I, I can't get out of this, it's just too hard, it, it's too hard. If only you understood, I hear it a lot. If only you understood what I was going through, Pastor. I don't have to understand the problem, I have to understand God. I have to understand His heart. And when I understand His heart, I recognize it's finished. It's finished. And there's a rest to enter into. And so let us pick up that rest today. And that rest simply says this, trust me, trust God, and when I lead you to do something, you just be obedient. You don't have to worry about figuring out the plan. You don't have to worry about figuring out the hows and the whys and the how many's and, and the who's. All you've got to figure out is the who. That God loves you and that it is finished. He said it's finished. That's all you've got to figure out. He loves me. He's finished. Now let me enter into that rest. So when you hear His voice, when His voice says, when you're facing that problem, and His voice says, just trust Me. Just have faith in Me. Let that junk go. It's imagined nonsense that will cause you to go crazy. Let it go. Let it drop. Don't harden your hearts at that moment, but say, yes, Lord, I hear You. You're speaking to Me. You've finished it, and there's a rest that's for me right now today. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I receive your rest. Let's just stand. Right now, the Lord is saying to you, it is finished. It is finished. And just bow your heads. And I don't know what you're going through. It really doesn't matter. Because it's not bigger than God. What matters is that God's love and His heart towards you is bigger than that problem. He loves you with an everlasting love. If you are of Him, then you have a rest available to you right now today. Right now today, that rest is for you. And you ought to, you ought to by faith... When it, the Bible talks about by faith, it means to reach out and grab a hold of that thing. And so by faith right now in a spiritual way, you ought to say, there is a rest because it is finished. And by faith, I'll just grab a hold of that rest. It's mine. I take what Christ paid for. I receive the rest. I trade it in for my cares. He gives me rest. I give Him my cares. He gives me rest. I give Him my faith. I drop the pressures of the world and right now I receive rest. Just say this with me. Just say, right now it is finished and I receive by faith the rest of God. I let go of the pressures, of the anxieties, of the cares, of the fear, of the imaginations. Casting down imaginations. And everything built up against God. And I receive my rest 
In Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you and right now you just, you're like, hey, I need, I just, I want more of that. I just invite you, come on up right now. Come on up and just say, I need that rest. I need, I need answers and I know God's got them. I need answers and I know He's got them. If that's you, come on up right now. Father, we just thank You for that rest. We thank You for letting the cares go. We thank You, Lord, that You have said it is finished. And if it's finished, then it's done. If it's finished, then it's accomplished. If it's finished, I'm not waiting on anything and I had nothing to do with it. Nothing but the heart of God and I receive rest. Just say it with me and, and you just stay in that state of prayer and worship. Just say, I receive the rest right now. I received the rest. Lord, I just ask for your blessings on each person. Lord, everybody here, everybody that's here, and especially these guys that stepped out and said, I need that. Lord, I just ask for your blessings. Rest of God be. It is finished. It is finished. Rest of God be. It is finished. Rest of God be. In Jesus' name. It is finished. Rest of God be. It is finished. Rest of God be. In Jesus' name. It is finished. And rest of God be. It is finished. Now continue to enter into that rest. It is finished. It is complete. Rest of God be. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Now rest of God be. In Jesus' name. And I receive it myself. It is finished in my life as well. And I receive the rest of God in every way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Um, Barrett and Sherman, if you'll step right back there to that, uh, right under that light. If anybody's new and today's your first time or you haven't received a gift from us, we have a gift for you. If you'll see Barrett and Sherman, they have something for you. And if you need prayer for anything in your life whatsoever, you just ask them and they'll pray with you. Or if you need something from me, just let me know and I'll see you as we go out the door. Lord, I just thank you for your rest. Father, I praise you right now for finishing the work in our lives. We're not waiting on anything. We have the fullness of your completion. The fullness and the finishing of your work on behalf of all of mankind so that today we can say, I have rest in Christ. And we receive that rest in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week.